This is Recovery Revolution Live. The episode you're about to listen to is live and unedited. If you'd like to join us on the live stream, you can find us on Facebook and YouTube. Facebook.com slash Recovery Revolution 100 or search Recovery Revolution Live on YouTube. All right. Voila. We're back. I'm back. I missed last week. Yeah. So it's good to be back. You can show off your family if you want. I have the pictures and pre- I, I, I'm preloaded. My, I'm wearing my girl dad shirt. Oh. oh, yeah. I forgot that you put pictures up. Oh, yeah. Well, I saw the very beginning. I'll, oh. I'll go ahead and do that. Oh. There's, a, there's a little picture from the hospital. If I'd been thinking or if I'd gotten home from work any earlier, I would have put some newer, some newer pictures up there. Beautiful. And then uh, there's there's the original three. That was uh, Thanksgiving. So, yeah, we're excited. Congratulations, man. Congratulations. Thank you, guys. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was showing showing those off last week. And then right before I came in here, my wife was like, enjoy your time away. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) <laughs> so if you guys don't see me next week, the primary suspect is my wife. Uh, always is. It always hey, is. Family first. That's right. Hands down. What's up, you guys? Welcome, welcome. We got a couple awesome guests with us tonight. Mike Viore, Inspire to Inspire, and Andrea Thomas. What's up, Andrea? Ah, everything's good. Just enjoying our holidays and getting ready for the new year and all the projects that we have ahead. Yeah, hell yeah. And you guys do have some big plans for 2023, yeah? We do. We've been on a little bit of a hiatus for the last couple of weeks, uh, just taking some family time in. I haven't done that for four years. I haven't uh, shut everything off. So for the last two weeks, I shut everything down and uh, we're getting ready to launch uh, a youth advocacy program uh, next week and our next National Fentanyl Prevention and Awareness Day. And uh, so there's a lot of work ahead, a lot yeah. of work ahead, and, and excited to see uh, what our new addition, uh, Mr. Inspire to Inspire, adds to uh, the coming year. He blew it out of the water at the end of this year, so. Hell yeah. yeah. We had, we had a, a good finish to the year. Um, so, you know, uh, introductions. First, I want to thank you guys for the opportunity to not only come on, but actually be your last guest of 2022. Uh, you know, you guys rock. So, you know, to, to be the last guest, they always say you save the best for last, right? So I don't right. mind taking that title with Andrea. Um, so oh, yeah. um, I'll jump into it. I'll let Andrea introduce herself, too. So Andrea Thomas is Executive Director for Voices Awareness and Face of Fennel. I am Director of Outreach for both those uh, organizations, as well as CEO and founder of Inspire to Inspire. Um, our relationship is more than just business. It's a mother and son relationship. Um, you know, I lost both my parents to AIDS because of heroin use, uh, two grandmothers, alcoholism, grandfather, heroin, uncle, heroin, Andrea, get into her story and about how she lost her daughter to uh, a half fentanyl pill. So, uh, you know, we just combined and we brought the recovery community, which I'm honored to represent with the families affected by fentanyl, which Andrea represents. Um, and we actually are now we are the population, right? We are now becoming one voice. And what's inspiring about it is if you're like an addict like me, I've done a lot of things to my family members where some of them don't talk to me no more because of it. So I never really got to see addiction from the family aspect of it. And now working with Andrea and meeting, you know, these families that are losing their children, just being exterminated by fentanyl. Um, I'm starting to get a better understanding. And some of the things that I'm missing in my life are being filled by people that I would have never met. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, just, you know, that's my quick little thing. I'll let Andrea jump in and introduce herself. Thanks Mike. Hey, just think about it like this, dude, the longer you stick around, in recovery 
the more you're going to understand what it's like to be on that other side, because you're going to keep having fucking people die, you know, old friends, probably people that weren't even as bad as you. People used to try to call you on your stuff, you know, and Mm -hmm. family members. And it's, it's crazy, man. I think it was happening all along, but I was so enamored in my own little world when I was in my addiction that I wasn't really paying attention. Now I'm like present. Right. So it's just like death is everywhere and then fentanyl just makes it worse so yeah yep. th- thanks for that mike and andrea not andrea <laughs> <laughs> your turn <laughs> so uh i started uh voices for awareness about four years ago i lost my daughter ashley in 2018 uh mm. to a percocet uh, made with fentanyl right a counterfeit pill and ashley took a half of this pill and it took her life almost instantly. So, you know, I, I didn't even understand that. How can that even be, right? That a half a pill would take someone out so fast. And I didn't know what fentanyl was. I don't think Ashley knew what fentanyl was. And uh, so we started Voices for Awareness. So there was an urgency to tell everyone that we could reach about the lethality of fentanyl and that it was out there. Um, four years ago, there wasn't a lot of information. And of course, today, you know, we're being flooded uh, with fentanyl in the United States. Uh, it's been a roller coaster. Affected families are, have been at the forefront of this issue for, for several years, um, really the pioneers of getting information out to the public. And uh, last year, we started facing fentanyl, which is a coalition of many of our uh, fentanyl awareness organizations and affected families all over the United States, uh, you know, coming together in force uh, to warn the public about the dangers of fentanyl and Mm -hmm. teach prevention. Um, You know, there's not a lot happening at a federal level. Um, Affected families see this, the fentanyl crisis as a national security issue uh, and a public health crisis. And it's important to us to uh, urge our government for a, a whole government response, right, to this problem. And we're not getting it. And so we've uh, we've begun to do the work in the last years that our federal government should probably be doing. But we cannot wait, right? We've got people, we're losing people, hundreds of people a day. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... It's very important us to, to important to us to continue on, and there's a lot of good work being done by affected family members uh, with no resources, no funding, um, just the power of the people, right, coming forward yeah. and more others. Absolutely, you know, you mentioned before we went on the air that you unplugged over the holidays for like two weeks or was that right after we got on? I don't even know. But <laughs> you you said that you haven't done that in four years, right? And that's around when you lost your daughter. So do you think that, um, I mean, well, I guess obviously it was probably kind of a way to self-medicate to dive into this like yes. mission. Mm-hmm. But do you, do you find that uh, doing this work has helped you on your healing journey as well? Totally. I am not a a sadness I could drown in. Right. And Mm -hmm. I know the day after my daughter's service that I didn't want to get out of the bed. Last thing I I would have just rather pulled the covers up, but I was lucky that several of my girlfriends had flown in and uh, to be there with me for Ashley's service. And I knew they were all leaving that morning and I had to get up. I had to get out of the bed. I had to thank them. And uh, they all stood there with a cup of coffee when I got out of bed. And they looked petrified. They looked very sad, too, when I got up. Like, what's going to happen to her now, right? Mm. And we started making phone calls right away. And it really saved me um, because I had a mission from, like, that moment on to warn people. And you... So this, it starts with your kid, right? This is how my family has been affected. Um, but then when you learn about all of the hundreds of thousands more, right? And see the faces. I can tell you, you know, every face that I have on my memorial sites or every face that's been sent to me, um, 
I remember them all. And even though I might not know their name or who their parents are, I remember their faces. And that's what uh, you just can't stop. So I uh, did, you know, a lot of work. I've done a lot of work in the last four years, but it was important. Um, Mike and I talked about this right about Thanksgiving time to just kind of slow down a little bit for a couple of weeks. And we've done that and uh, let some things digest and get ready for this next year. And I'll tell you what, it's hard to do. It's hard to think uh, and quiet down a little bit, but well worth it. I'm excited to get uh, started again for the new year. Absolutely. And thank you for the work you do. You know, it's so important, both of you. You know, even, even if it is, you know, and stops at just having the courage to speak up and tell your story, share your experience out loud can just cause a huge ripple effect in and of itself. But to be able to get a community together and then even finding other people who are doing the same thing that you're doing and saying, let's all get together and make this more expansive network because dude, that's, that's amazing. You know, more organized, more people, more voices, more stories, man. You know, meeting Mike was one of the hugest blessings that I've had in my work because um, I, it's, I'm grateful to have the support from the other parents, the other families, um, around us, but working with the recovery community, first off, we see hope, right? Yeah. To walk into a room, um, I like the event that we were at a, a few months back that you were at Jason, uh, you know, you walk in there and you see hope. And I remember my girlfriend and I leaving there with tears in our eyes, wishing that, our kids could have experienced this at some point, right? My girlfriend yeah. lost her son-in-law. And uh, it was great to have, to see hope. Um, we were sad that our kids didn't get to experience that, they have that journey. Um, but we, we're encountering only those that we've lost. And so in our work with fentanyl. And so to meet Mike and um, have so much hope and see the outcome of people in recovery and that we're all talking the same talk, right? Walking the same walk. He's, he's saying exactly what the affected families are saying. And so um, our work's been, uh, it's been, I've, there's a lot of light to some of the projects that we've had recently. I'll let Mike tell you a little bit about that. He's um, him and I have done quite a few events and have so much more coming this next year. Yeah. So I'm, it was, a, I mean, I met Andrea uh, through her nephew uh, on TikTok. And when he told me who Andrea was and what she was doing, he was like, yo, you got to meet her. You know, you guys got to work together. And it, it took a few months before God made it happen. I got to meet Andrea on August, uh, you know, 21st of uh, this year where, you know, they got August 21st to be National Fentanyl Awareness and Prevention Day. Um, it was held. I forget how many states was it held in simultaneously, Andrea? We had 28 events, uh, 28 states that we planned, uh, our families, other families that I worked with planned. And then uh, the day after the national day, we were so pleased to see all the press from other states that uh, were counties and state um, offices came in and, and did their own events. So really in all 50 states, something was done for National Fentanyl Prevention and Awareness Day. This yeah. Year. Yeah. And that and that's just in the first year. You know, so, you know, one of the projects is, you know, the next one that's coming. And this is why, you know, I'm excited and I'm because now the recovery community is not going to get a part of this. And if you, you know, if you know, if you're in recovery, we're everywhere, right? We're in every state. And what gives us what gives us more of a reason to stay clean and sober is purpose, right? We're only worthless until we find our purpose. My purpose was easy to find, you know, uh, once I found it though, my purpose is just sharing my story and my pain with the world and allowing it to help whoever it needs to help. So there's so many of, out, of us out there that seem worth, that feel worthless, that feel like they have no part in this. And now we're going to give them an opportunity to become part of it. 
Um, so I met her there. I had an opportunity to uh, speak, and it was, you know, it was an honor to speak with the other people that were on the panel. Um, our probably most successful trip, and we've been on a few so far in the last uh, four months, is probably Montana. Uh, Montana, one beautiful state. Um, and I think within three days, I think we spoke to over maybe 3,500 kids and it was a collaboration, you know, Andrea, uh, the attorney general reached out to Andrea for some assistance. Um, and then through that, I was able to channel through recovery community contacts and, you know, that collaboration got us to speak to over 3,500 kids. And what the most beautiful thing out of it was this youth ambassador program that we're working on, that's going to go nationwide. You know, because a lot of the kids after, you know, we spoke and we gave the presentation, wanted to know how they could help. A lot of these kids aren't even on drugs. A lot of these kids are coming from families on drugs and they want and they were asking me questions. And I just basically let them know, like, it's not you, you know, it's it's not anything that you're not doing to help your family. We have to want to do this ourselves. So don't take it personally that if you're they're not accepting your help or they're not listening to you. It's just, you know, the illness known as, you know, uh, you know, addiction. So now we're giving them an opportunity to um build something of their own, a youth ambassador program that's nationwide that they can now do, do community work. Uh, Vegas was a beautiful trip too. We actually stopped at Mission High School. So Mission yeah. High School is a recovery high school. All the kids in the school are in recovery. They bust the kids from different places. Uh, you probably, you might've met Giuseppe at the, uh, yeah. the mobilized yeah. recovery. You know, Giuseppe, right? Yeah. I got his number in my phone. Good that people. Dude, and let me ask you something, man. When you, when you're talking to the youth, uh, or even if it's a uh, families of loss, right? Uh, that's a whole nother animal, isn't it, dude? Like you can feel the pain, mm -hmm. and you you know that you have to be so careful with your words right now. Like, how do I respond to you? <laughs> you know, and like, yeah, not add insult to injury. Yeah. What amazed me, Jason, is the strength that yeah. these kids had. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're, we're talking about teens that have been in recovery for four years, 18-year-olds that have been in recovery for four years. Yeah. And the honesty that they can bring, you know, I could not even have yeah. had the conversations at my age that these kids are having in a room full of people. I mean, so honest so much strength and i was amazed by i would not have missed that day for anything you know i'm mm -hmm. so it was a privilege to get to do that and they're interested in helping others and like mike and i we were in montana and we'd thrown around this idea about teen advocates and then a young man comes up to mike and is talking to us about the need for naloxone where to get it how to get it how much does it cost and, uh, you know, we have it. I can get it to him. And he shares with us, you know, that he's got a, he's got family members that uh, are suffering now from addiction. And, you know, Mike and I on the fly, we're like, OK, we're going to start. We're moving forward with this teen advocacy program now. And so there's a sign. for sure, right? <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it just it had to be at that moment. I mean, you know, conversely, though, when I was 36, I couldn't have those conversations either. And, you know, I think it's it's something that isn't mainstream with how people are raised or, you know, like a, it's not common culture. We it's learned behavior and it is a skill you can learn. And, it, you know, recovery teaches it to you. And then it's, a, you know, if you're exercising that muscle right and you get better at it and that's amazing, you know, like to see people turn around and learn how to get vulnerable and real and humble is, is amazing. And then get that purpose, right. That purpose driven mm -hmm. life. And, and one thing Mike pointed out in speaking with these kids, he asked them how many of them have lost someone from fentanyl and they mm -hmm. all raised their hands. Yeah. And, you know, uh, Mike says, you know, he didn't have that same experience. Yeah, I mean, I growing up, I don't remember the first person. We'll use the word overdose right now because they use an excessive use of drugs, right? Um, until I was twenty-five, the verbiage that I, you know, I adapted from the families affected is that it's not an overdose; it's a poisoning, right? The 
the definition of overdose is the excessive use of drugs. Ashley, Andrea's daughter, took a half a pill. That is not an excessive use of drugs. That is a right. poison. Because if you had a little bit of poisoning in your drink, you're going to die. If you had a little bit of poisoning in your food, you're going to die. So, you know, I think when it, it, it's presented as, quote, unquote, an overdose, I think our society takes it as it's a drug addict's problem because that word was always associated with us. So a lot of the prevention and that awareness that people should be picking on, I think it's flying over their head because of the verbiage that's being used. Or, you know what I'm saying? Because if you if you change it to poisoning, you know what I'm saying? Now you're grabbing people's attention a lot. Even the word laced, right? The yeah. word laced, the definition means the minority of. These pills on the street are not laced with fentanyl. They're fentanyl laced with cocaine now. They're fentanyl laced with heroin. It's fentanyl, fentanyl, fentanyl with something else. I grew up selling drugs. I would never cut my drugs with a stronger agent. I cut I my know. coke with B12 so yep. I can make more of it. It, it, it. It's so cheap for them to make. I think it's like a dollar a pill. And then I, I, I get, you know, conversations with people. Well, why would they want to kill their customers? Well, look at Amazon, right? Amazon makes takes millions in losses a year, but why don't they go bankrupt? Because of the profit margin that Amazon has. This The cartel does not care whether we live or die. The profit mar in Montana, they're selling for like $100 a pill, man. You and know now what I'm saying? Like, they're like pennies a pill. You know, our new numbers are telling us pennies a pill. <laughs> It's it's costing pennies, and and they're just switching analogs to find the perfect job. Because if it's not, you know, one try and die, because it's not just fentanyl and pills, so it's not just one pill and die. It's one try and die because it could be cocaine, it could be heroin, it, it could be so many things. It's the one try and die now, and and you know, like it it's so dangerous that I think we need to start speaking on it in a way where everyone's going to listen because it's not just the addicts that are dying. It's the recreational users. These kids can't experiment, you know, and, and, and should it be there? Right. Like, I mean, you should have the opportunity to experiment with drugs and not worry about dying. Is it, does it make it right that you should No, but kids are still going to do what kids do. So when we go into these schools, we're not the dare program. You know, I'm not telling you not to do drugs. I'm not. Because if I tell you don't do drugs, you're going to think about doing drugs anyway. Yeah. It's just the way our mind works. <laughs> you know, I, when we go into the school, Andrea, you know, gives the education behind fentanyl and, you know, what to look out for and things like that. And then I come in, I just basically tell you why I went to drugs, you know, the, the people pleasing, my identity attached to things outside of myself, you know, the, the, the uh, want validation from people. And, you know, Jason, you brought up, you know, the, the speaking to the families affected and then speaking to, you know, the kid. There's one thing that we all have in common, and that's pain, right? Pain is our universal language. We would like love to be, but unfortunately, that's just not the way the earth works, right? pain everyone could identify with pain so when i do speak to the you know different groups of people i just share my pain i just yeah. share my perspective on how i turn pain into joy and how i turn sadness into happiness and learn from my failures and find success because i think at the end of the day we all share pain but if we share our pain like recovering out loud right when we share our pain with the world like your podcasts and stuff like that love comes back like people find each other through their pain so you know like that's you know that's our approach you know we don't we're not telling you I, I think these kids nowadays are so bright and so much far more advanced than we were as kids. Even their video games. Look at that. I can't play these video games. I played <laughs> Super Mario Brothers. You know oh, what I'm saying? Yeah. So like even, the, even the games are more advanced. So these kids can make the right choices if they're told on the behaviors, the attitudes, the actions, and the thoughts, which led someone like us to drugs, just to give them a heads up. Like, yo, listen, if you're thinking like this, there's a possibility that you might go try to escape with a drug. And fentanyl doesn't give you a second chance a lot of times. So just be mindful of that. Yeah. And I like how you talked about uh, the verbiage you use, right? And, uh, you know, it's funny because the way you're, the verbiage you were describing, it's not only sounds more serious, you know, more urgent, but it's also less stigmatizing because if you say an overdose, it makes it sound like the user, uh, you know, is an idiot, whatever. Mm -hmm. But, but when, you know, look at like alcohol, right? When you drink too much, what do they call that? They call that alcohol poisoning. They don't say you OD'd on alcohol. You know Good what point. I mean? So 
when you're thinking about it in those kind of terms, it's kind of funny. It's like, and this all started back when the war against drugs started, dude. They did that shit on purpose to flood, you know, our culture with that type of language. And that's just what people think is how you are supposed to talk about it because that's how they always heard people talk about it, you know? Same with so, lakes, right? Because these pills aren't lakes. They are purposely made to be mm-hmm. deceptive and to uh, addict. Right. Like, like you th- like you said, you're trying to buy a Percocet. It's not yeah. a Percocet laced with fentanyl. It's a fucking fentanyl pill laced with some Percocet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, that, and that's what our society needs to start hearing. And that's why, you know, like Andrea and I are so adamant about, you know, getting this wherever we can and speak. I really I, I think that the schools is where it's at. Right. I We, we got to get to them young. And, and I get it. You know, like, uh, you know, my parents didn't talk to me about sex. I still had sex. You know what I'm saying? Not talking to your kids about fentanyl isn't going to prevent them from not picking up a drug. At least, you know, if you have the conversation with your child about sex, you use a condom. Tell them how to be, you know, uh, safe with the sex, right? right? You should have that conversation no matter how uncomfortable it is. Not having the conversation with your children or having the conversation about fentanyl does not make the problem go away. It makes the problem more severe because now they're not aware. Like something's not your problem until it becomes your problem. And then when it becomes your problem, you want to want you're going to want to know why nothing was done about the problem. So be part of the solution and start spreading the awareness. Do your research on it. You know what I'm saying? Like, have you have this conversation with your kids? A lot of these schools don't even want to put Narcan in their schools because they're saying, well, then that means we have an issue. Well, you know what? When that something happens, you're going to hope that you did have Nalexon in there to bring the kid back because those parents are going to be like, well, why didn't you have it in the school to begin with? Right. Well, you know, because they're thinking about it like those uh, those addicts. Right, mm-hmm. and then when it's their kid, it's different. And now it's too late. Uh, this is a good segue. I was going to ask you, Andrea, if you wanted to maybe take us to school for a minute, man. Teach us about some facts and things about yeah, uh, sure. So uh, it's made in China, right? These precursors are coming from China, uh, shipped into Mexico, and the cartels are uh, flooding the market with them and in the United States. And it was a perfect storm, right? Because we were already in a prescription opioid epidemic. And so bringing these counterfeit, these fake pills into the US uh, and replacing prescription uh, medications that were sold on the streets uh, with these counterfeits worked for them, uh, making tons of money for the cartels, uh, billions of dollars for the cartels. Like Mike said, you know, uh, some of these pills are selling for pennies, like 83 cents uh, in rural areas like I live in Grand Junction, Colorado, Uh, $120 in Montana. And so it's kind of all over the board. But uh, there's a demand for them because they are purposely made, again, to be deceptive uh, in other drugs, cocaine, methamphetamine, Adderall, pills, anything you can think of is uh, made with fentanyl now. And uh, so highly addictive. So if you make it, um, you're so addicted that, you know, it's people are choosing to continue to use, even knowing that they may die from that next um, pill or um, whatever, the next line even knowing that they could potentially die from that, they continue to use because the withdrawal is so awful. It feels like it's killing you anyway. Mm. So your body tells you you need it. You have to keep using it. So terribly addictive. Uh, A minute amount can take your life almost instantly. So when we talk about um, two milligrams of fentanyl powder, um, Mike always breaks this down with the, you know, the little sweet and low, the sugar, sugar packet um that can kill several people um it actually could kill 500 people a sweet and low packet the amount that's in a sweet and low pa- uh, packet has enough fentanyl to kill 500 people yep i've seen a thing where and i'm not sure the accuracy of it but it showed like the tip of a sharpened yes. pencil and it was like half of the lead and and like the 
tiny half, you know, the tip. And that's regular fentanyl powder. What about car fentanyl that, you know, is even a, a lesser amount than fentanyl to take a life. Um, and these seizures that we're seeing across the United States and in our border towns, um, they're nothing. They're the cost of doing business to these cartels. They are making so much money. And really, these are transnational criminals. And uh, they're taking an entire generation. And, you know, we need to do something. We need to address this. Do you think there's a fentanyl uh, problem in China? No, there's not. Uh, the DEA is telling us where these precursors come from and who's selling them. And uh, our media isn't really talking a lot about it. And I, I think it's because people see it as politically incorrect to name a country like China flat out or a country like Mexico. They don't want to talk about it. That's ridiculous. That's where this is coming from. Um, and they are transnational criminals. They are cartels selling to our kids, selling to Americans, and it needs to be addressed. Um it is taking out hundreds of thousands of people. And if, if you pay any attention to the data, you know, 2020, April of 2020 to April of 2021, almost 108,000 people, right? 107,000 people. Um, we don't even have the new numbers for the last year. What are those numbers going to look like? And people need to remember these aren't just numbers. They're your mothers, your fathers, your sisters, your brothers. They're your kids. They are our kids. Uh, teen teen uh, deaths have gone up dramatically. 77% of them in that last year uh, in that 107,000 numbers, when our teen deaths started going up, 77% of them are from fentanyl mm. uh, poisonings. That's ridiculous. That's horrible. Um, where is our thought about human life? People are just disappearing. How can this even be? And we're not addressing this in our country, a country like the United States. And Andrea says it all the time. When COVID hit, we knew within three days. What masks, gloves, every day. They schooled us in three days about COVID, right? They did. So why can't they school us as quickly about fentanyl? What's no, they can. They, they, they can. can. They can. But they're not. So that's right. why you know we're taking it within our responsibility and we're taking it now it's our responsibility to bring this out there whether they're going to help us or not we're going to do it without them and I, what i think they don't they fail to realize is that there's more of us than there is them yeah. we're the ones that vote you in right we're the ones that give you your power so i'm a drug addict right in recovery for my drugs i do anything to get those drugs right because i was addicted to them Right. They're addicted to their power. If we could come together, become one voice, consolidate our vote, they will conform. They will do whatever they have to do because there are a lot of them are weasels anyway. They will do whatever they have to do to keep their seat in that government. And then they'll start talking about it. Then they'll start funding us. But I want to go even further with it. I think us addicts need to start becoming congressmen and assemblymen and governors and mayors because we're the only ones that would know no one had to hold them accountable accountable to how to make a real change. And one of the greatest things that I, uh, I was able, you know, I was able to see with the recovery high school in Vegas, that's how we changed treatment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I was able to pitch them the idea of getting a recovery, like a council program going. They're young enough to get certified. They're young enough to get the education to become directors of treatment facilities and change the curriculum of treatment facilities, because we know those don't work that much well either. You know what right. I'm saying? It's uh, get you off the street for 30 days and kick you right back out there. Not leaving you with anything, not leave, making you go to a sober living. If you guys know sober living like I know sober living, they're not <laughs> that much sober living going on in sober livings. Right. You know, so, you know, <laughs> like there, there's so much work that could be done. But if we were to just come together and we can come together, because I think the fentanyl is that spark. Like, listen, we had enough. Like, you know, we're, we're tired of burying our parents or burying our kids or like Andrea said, sisters, brothers, aunts. Like the, the people are just disappearing and it doesn't sit well with me. It, it just it just doesn't like you know, I'm not going to stop talking. 
I, I don't, you could shut my social medias down. I'll make a new one tomorrow. Like you, it, you're not going to stop us from speaking. And I think the more, the louder we can get with platforms like you guys got giving us the opportunity to speak on this and, you know, getting the awareness out there and seeing the passion of the people that are actually out there doing the work. You know what I'm saying? Like we're not doing this for money. I didn't learn this from a book. Like I lived in hell for 20 years, but that hell helped me find a way to make it to heaven. And the only way I'm going to make it to heaven is by continuously doing what God had planned for me. And I really honestly believe this is what it is because I can't explain this fire that's inside of me that comes out when I start speaking these things. I just can't. Yes. It just comes out. So like there's, this is this is where it's at. Like we have to get louder with this 100 percent. And, and and using people, you know, that are in recovery and affected families, families that have been impacted by fentanyl loss, you know, we have lived experience. And so it's so interesting to me when Mike is talking about, um, you know, we listen to some of this new legislation or these proposed laws, and they're talking about uh, the treatments that should be used Uh and you've got people that are in recovery saying, BS, you know, we used, that's not going to work. That's what we need to hear. Uh, these families impacted by fentanyl, we know fentanyl inside and out for something I knew nothing about uh, four years ago, I, or four and a half years ago, um, I know everything uh, about the dangers, of, you know, not everything, I'm sure there's something I don't know, but I know a hell of a lot about fentanyl now. And so do the other affected families. Use us, we'll tell you what's going on, what's reality. And instead of working with the people, a bunch of people that are making laws that have no knowledge on fentanyl at all, or addiction, or recovery for that matter. So you need to be... Uh, you know, Mike made a phone call when we when we were heading to Montana and uh, that phone call to other people in recovery uh, led to six presentations within a matter of minutes uh, in Montana. There are one in three people in the United States are addicted to something. That's mm -hmm. a hell of a lot of people. There's a lot of people in recovery out there that are. Uh, and high high positions do a lot of great work and can be very useful in um, solving some of these issues. Absolutely, and telling the truth, breaking it down to what's really happening. Right, and I don't know if you guys uh, have like have been uh, attendees at any of the Mobilize Recovery conferences, but you know, you're talking about Mike that you know, addicts need to step up and like run for office and stuff. And this is happening, bro. It's already begun. And, and there's, you know, I'm sure it's going to continue to grow with the numbers that are in offices like that and, and helping push the, the legislation that we need, because, you know, it's a, it's a huge problem or I should say a lot of, huge problems that that it's going to take a long time and a lot of work and a lot of voices to change right um super grateful for the work you guys are doing this is and yeah there's nothing quite like living a life of purposes there might nothing oh boy no definitely not and you know with the uh with becoming, I guess, like we could even start our own political party, man. You know what I'm saying? Like it, that that's how many of us like and, and I'm blessed to be able to see it worldwide. Right. I'm blessed to be able to, you know, have a voice where people just, you know, are attracted to it. And I think the greatest achievement I will ever make is the fact that a complete stranger can reach out to me and just tell me their their secrets and their darkness without even knowing me you know what i'm saying like that i'll never be able to accomplish no matter what accolade i get in this life i'll never be able to accomplish anything better than that you know what i'm saying like because i know how difficult it was just to admit it to myself right to have a complete stranger just reach out to me and tell me things and we don't need to be told answers a lot of times. We just need someone to listen to us sometimes, like empathy. Like, listen, I, you know, I appreciate you sharing your story, but I, you know, like, that's all I could do. And that's sometimes that's all we need. And I think that's the problem with the legislation, right? Legislation wants to fix these problems, right? Why don't you just listen to us? and just shut up for a second and just listen. You know what I'm saying? Just listen to us and maybe you'll be able to figure it out because we got to work with them too. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, we're not looking to come in and steamroll people and be violent because that's not how this works. But maybe if you just listen to us and stop thinking that you guys know what's best, because if you look at our country, you guys are running into the fucking ground, man. Like something has to change. Like, what, what do you think this is? We're going to run forever on, on what we're doing? No, we're, we're going down. And I know a lot of people like to say that the kids aren't being targeted, right? I don't necessarily believe that because I, I read a little bit on history, right? So like many times the larger empires will require payment of children from the other empires so they couldn't build an army so you couldn't fight against them we're a superpower that you cannot beat army to army you just can't do it so how do you beat us in a long fight by knocking out the younger generation our future politicians and teachers and doctors and lawyers slowly not they're wiping out a whole generation of kids that's supposed to be what comes up behind us to keep this country going the way it's going and they're wiping it out like i i people are like well the kids aren't being taught i i think they are i because if i was any other country boy that would be a great strategic game plan just slowly kill us from the and then there's a quote and you know like society gets better when the elderly plant trees in which a shade they will not sit under like we have to plant those trees so the younger kids could sit underneath that shade. And that's what we're trying to do. But we got to save these kids so they have an opportunity to, be, to enjoy that shade. Amen. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, think about gummies, right? Gummies or all these fruity flavor vapes and uh, mm-hmm. all this shit. Tell me the kids aren't being targeted, dude. Even when we were growing up, dude, Joe Camel, cool, like cartoon yeah. characters. and Ignorance is bliss, isn't it? You know? Stupid. And where's the chance for recovery with fentanyl? You know, we look at look at our rock stars from my from my time, right? They're still all alive. I don't know how they <laughs> they, they used every drug out there because they didn't um, have fentanyl. And there was no fentanyl. That's what it is. And and so now that the time, you know, there's very little recovery going on um, from fentanyl, and. Uh, that the fallout that these families, you know, this you're losing a person in your family and it's affecting people for years and years. And, and uh, my co-founder, Deanne Hopkins, she always talks about the fallout to the families. And that's very, very important um, to recognize. Uh, we were watching something the other day and a counselor was talking about uh, her client, her clientele going up, you know, her business, business was booming for this counselor. And she was a youth counselor. And when they asked uh, why the increase uh, in the last year in clients, she talked about all of the youth that were losing someone from fentanyl, whether it was uh, a friend or a family member. And that's very sad that you would see such an increase um, in mental health, uh, you know, the need for counseling because of fentanyl. Mm. Like so there was a there was a question of somebody asking. I think her name was Bridget. How could she? Uh, how could you make a difference or help the cause? You want to answer that one, or you you want uh, me to jump on? No, tell someone. That's what we always. The simplest thing is to tell someone about fentanyl, whether it's your niece, your nephew, youth. Talk to somebody about it. Um, we do these things all through the year, sharing our social media uh, on the dangers of fentanyl um, or naloxone training carry naloxone that's very important mike and i work with uh cluxado um that's a product a naloxone uh product that we use we put them out in these opioid reversal and education kits that we are um donating all across the country uh it's an eight milligram uh Product. I wish I had it in front of me. I don't believe. Oh, I actually do. And I don't. Do I got it. I got it right here. So Clocksado. So Narcan is actually the the four milligram. Uh, this is an eight milligram. Uh, a little bit stronger. Reduces. You know, I guess the anxiety of you know one having somebody fall out in front of you and having to hit them multiple times. Uh, it's just a stronger agent, not made specifically for anything particular drug, just made stronger because that's where we're going with things. Um, right. to answer the question, how to make a difference or help the cause, my way is. Find out who your council members are. Find out who your assembly members are. Do your research on them. See what their fentanyl uh, views are. See if they're doing any work with fentanyl. Get to your town hall. 
grab the other parents, grab kids, grab bums off the street, grab your freaking pizza guy, grab everybody, <laughs> get to these town hall meetings, get your voice to be heard, get to the PTAs and schools and find out what kind of awareness or, you know, who are they bringing in to speak to their kids about. Start knocking on doors, start ringing phone calls just to till there's no till they have to do something like we have to force their hand with this. And the more people you get involved, whatever state you're in, uh, Bridget, uh, you can reach out to myself or Andrea, uh, one of us that have people that you can read, you know, link up with in that state. You want to start your own thing. I'll help you as much as I possibly can. But for me, we have to start knocking on doors. If they don't answer, then excuse the language. We kick the fucking door down until they hear us. Yep. Yep. You got to get louder and you got to get out there. It, this shit ain't going to solve itself. You know, mm-hmm. it takes action, man. That's so, so true. Brett, you're so quiet. What's up? What's your What's thoughts? Up? <laughs> I think Bridge is from Minnesota, right? Yeah. She's from yeah. Minnesota. Minnesota. I thought so. Yeah. She, uh, she recently started putting her show on the recovery revolution page as well. But it looks awesome. like we have another question here from Sarah. Uh, how are y'all getting the eight milligram doses? I'm with a nonprofit in Wisconsin and we are only getting four milligram and I'm taking several doses. No, it's, it's taking exactly. several doses. I sorry guys, I'm I'm very dyslexic and I yeah. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> Reach out to me, Sarah, at uh, Andrea at voicesforawareness.com and we'll talk about it. I uh we work with Flux Auto. And um, that's a product that's it's in a lot of the states. I don't know about Wisconsin, but I can find out for you and see if it's a part of your bulk program. And um, but just reach out to me, and I'll see what I can do to help you get the Cloxado. Um, the form, of course, any naloxone is great, right? Any better to have uh, any product than none. Yeah. But if you're going to use a dose, you, you want to use the... Uh, Brett, are you guys able to put Andrea's email on what we're watching yeah, right yeah. now? Give me, give me one second and I'll All have right, that cool. up there for you guys. But um, yeah, and then and I had both of you guys on, on my show, Recovery Survey, a while back. And you guys were just in the beginning stages of doing the school outreach and stuff. So I'm curious how that's going and you know, what kind of success you guys have seen. And obviously you guys are speaking in front of 3,500 kids. Like obviously things are going well, but I'd love to hear kind of an update on what's happened in those months since I spoke with you guys last. Yeah. So we launched the kids in Montana and um, the like Mike said, the Montana attorney general is very um, concerned about his state and uh, wants to provide as much safety as he can um, for the students in his state. And so he's putting 500 of these boxes into his high schools and junior highs, which is fantastic um, to uh, get some education into the schools. And of course, the antidote there, uh, if they should have an unfortunate situation uh, with a fentanyl poisoning or opioid poisoning. Um, the boxes have naloxone in them, the Cloxado product that we were just talking about. And they also come with education. So a conversation starter for schools. Um, you know, this is new. Fentanyl has changed the drug landscape and we've got to change with it. And we're not really, I mean, we don't have all the answers uh, right now. So, but we know we need to warn our kids. And not only do we need to warn them, they need to understand. So, Uh, We don't want to just tell them, but they need to understand the effects, uh, the deadly effects that fentanyl can have on them. So uh, in this box, there are resources for videos um, that uh, one that's really um, making a difference across the United States that we use is dead on arrival. And it's great to show the students these these videos and people with lived experience Talking in them um, makes a lot of sense. And, and some other tools for parents and teachers and uh, teens. And so just that little bit of education can make a huge difference. And that's a part of these kits. Um, we will be donating more. Uh, there's an event next weekend that uh, Mike and I are a part of. Um, Anthony Beltran from uh, Set, Free, Set Free is 
having a fentanyl awareness concert and he's going to be getting donating some of these boxes to the schools in, in Los Angeles. Um, and if you want to donate a box to the school of your choosing, email Andrea. Um, she'll give you the information as far as how you could, uh, you know, get get a box donated to the school. Our next project is a pretty large project, and it hits at home for me. Um, we're working with the NYPD now. Um, I'm lucky enough to have a relationship with the Community Affairs Bureau. Um, so we're working with them uh, right now. It's still plenary, uh, preliminary uh, to get into as many schools as we can, donating boxes. What really I took from the conversation, which made me and Andrea so excited, was the detective said, you know, coming out here once every three months and speaking to the kids isn't enough. Like we need something that these kids are getting to see a class two, three times a week. So uh, we're actually working on some kind of curriculum in class to bring to the NYPD so they can now use their influence with the Board of Education as well as the chancellors to see about getting a fentanyl awareness class in these schools, kind of like a health class. And, you know, that's that's where it's at. You know, like these kids need to keep hearing this information. They need to keep getting this information. So because just having somebody come in and speak is great. And that's, you know, one of the reasons why me and Andrea were really excited about this youth ambassador program, because we're leaving something behind. Right. We go there. I could give a great speech. I can inspire three thousand kids a week from then. Some of them might forget what they heard. So right. we want to be able to leave something there for after we leave. Well, someone can then pick up the torch and run with it and then pass it to the next person. So it's very important to leave something behind me and Andrea. Like we don't want to just make a good, we want to leave something there for them to build themselves because that's how we'll be able to really expand throughout the nation. Right. Cause like, I mean, I know for me, I got a quick forgetter, man. And I need, I need to be constantly reminded and relearning. And then, you know, to your point, you know, what about the kids that miss school? What are the, what the ones that were sick? What about the ones, you know, that, yeah, whatever. Yeah, you know, what's like, tomorrow going to bring? You know, today, fentanyl, tomorrow, you know, we know we've got xylazine and trank and everything else. Right. They're now mixing that with fentanyl. It's well, like it's an atomic like bomb, right? That these any job, like, where you have to continue education. You have to keep yeah. getting the CEUs so that you're updated on all the newest things happening. And mm-hmm. it's no different. If anything, you probably need it more with this changing drug landscape the way it is. No, it's just the beginning. And Andrea says it and and it's kind of true. And it's sad. like, we might come to the point where all we wish were, we were dealing with fentanyl. Like it might get to the point where fentanyl might be, well, damn, I, I, it was easier when we had fentanyl around. Like that's where the the, the drugs are going, you know, like they go ahead. I I did some focus groups. Um, and one of the clients at a um, Suboxone clinic told me that his dealers were basically um, looking for old drugs. Like they wanted old drugs back because fentanyl was taking everybody out, all of their friends. Mm-hmm. Who can imagine that we wish we had old drugs, right? Like mm-hmm. old Coke, old meth. Like right. that doesn't even make sense, right? So, but that's the point that we've gotten to. And so um, it's really important for these kids to get some basics and send back to in-person prevention. Look how we lost our kids during COVID. You know, we dropped them right into social media everywhere, even school they had to do online, right? And now the cartels are coming right to your living rooms, mm-hmm. your kids at your dinner table, and the cartel can reach out to them or a dealer can reach out to them with a drug menu of anything um, that anybody wants right there in the two that's that's what really changed the the game because you could live in a nice neighborhood with the big gates and the 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 security and back in the day you know like it wouldn't get in there doesn't matter now the kids got it in their pocket they're walking around with that phone you know that that snapchat and and what's funny with not funny but sad is that you can't sue the phone company for a convo for a call that they connected between me and you brett you know what I'm saying? You can't sue that phone company because of something we spoke about on a call they connected. So you can't hold social media responsible for what's going on because they're just connecting it. They're, you know what I'm saying? Like they, they're, yeah. they're trying to get that law changed, but 
How long are we going to wait for laws to be changed? How long are we going to wait for, you know, lawmakers to do something about the border? Like, we got to do something now. It's here. It ain't going nowhere. I And Andrea and I are two people that will not wait. Like, we're, we're, it's go time. It's been go time, you know, and it's time to make things happen. Yeah, I mean, and you still, you still have to stay engaged because as quick as you can change shit, they're going to change it. These guys mm-hmm. change it. You know, it, they're they're on top of it, man. Yeah. So it's a it's, moving target, yeah, dude, and, it, and it'll keep it'll keep on. And the cartels are creative. I mean, look yeah. what they've done so far with these counterfeit pills and hitting our kids through um, social media. Some of these seizures you see, they're diversions to get larger amount of drugs in the United States. So, I mean, <laughs> they know what they're doing. Um, we need to do everything that we can to divert them, to stop them. So uh, prevention is great. That's what we work on. But we, we really, really need to push for federal help, uh, too. But we, we can't, like Mike said, we can't wait. We just have to go out there and do what's what we're capable of doing right now. But we need people to really push our federal government to make some changes here. It's a national security risk. There's somebody dying every five minutes. Like, why Why are we not screaming from the high mountains? You know what I'm saying? Every five minutes we've been on this. So you're an hour. You know what I'm saying? How many people did we lose? You know, like, well, it's just, it's like Andrea said, they're disappearing. Like, you know, like our president really needs to step up. And I know he wants to pump a lot of money into harm reduction. That's not the answer neither, though. You know what I'm saying? Like harm reduction, yeah, has it has its perks, but it it doesn't help all of us. It's it's not well. That's a conversation for another time. But like harm reduction isn't the answer for this either. You know what I'm saying? It it, it you have to. We have to get to these kids. We have to get to the streets. We need funding so then we can provide people that are like Andrea and I and other great nonprofits and organizations that are doing some heavy work to be able to get into the communities and speak to people and people like us that live the life, the life experience, so we could speak from here and not from here because people hear these words a lot better than they hear words coming from here. So, you know, that's that's it's a fight. But you know what? We're going to fight back, though. A friend of ours talks about this all the time. And he says, you know, it's like losing a 747, a plane full of people every day, 300 and something people a day. You know, now if a plane went Mm -hmm. down right now, it would be on the news today and every day for the next week. Right. You would hear about this plane that went down. Well, we're losing at least that many people. And I'm sure that that is an underestimate of, you know, that's a short that's short on the true number of people that we're actually losing a day now. Uh, from less illicit fentanyl, something needs to be done. It's a, it's a, a. You wonder about it being a genocide of types, right? I mean, it's that's a big word, but it's a, or a strong word, but it is. We've lost hundreds of thousands of people now, and uh, this is not okay. These are people's families. We need well, to address. It, it if we had a plane crash every day, you think that there'd be some kind of investigation and go, why, why are we having a plane crash every single yeah. day? What's mm-hmm. going on with the aviation industry? What's going on with the planes? Why yeah. why is this happening? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> it's crazy, you know? Mm-hmm. It is. But you know, Mike made the point earlier too. It's like once enough people are going off, you know, then they'll have to act. They won't be able yeah. to keep shirking it anymore, you know. Or when it becomes their kid. Let one of these politicians lose their kid, and then it's going to be all hell high heaven. Well, your kid is no more important than the kids that we already lost. But you know what I'm saying? Like, every life matters. One life matters. Forget about all the other hashtags. One life matters. Because that one life can experience and encounter so many other lives within its lifetime that it, it, it can change the course of history. So one life does matter. Let's start showing that you guys have an appreciation for life. Because right now, what you're showing us is that there is no appreciation for life. What you're showing us is that you don't care about our lives. What you're showing us is that you're going to make us take the power back and make us come and unify and show you what the United States of America really looks like when the citizens come together and we unite and we show you that it's time for you to listen to us. We are becoming disposable. And yep. uh, people dying from fentanyl are becoming the majority and not the minority anymore. Families that have lost someone from fentanyl. That's so true, you guys. 
You know, I mean, even here in Minnesota, we have a massive recovery community here, uh, one of the largest in the country. And, uh, you know, but a result of that is that we're seeing it all around us all the time. You know, if I if I go through one week without seeing at least three posts from somebody that says another one gone too soon or this one hits different, you know, it's like everywhere all the time. Yeah. Sadly, you almost become desensitized to all the death. Yeah. It's normalized. It sucks. Yes, it you does. Know? But I, I don't People should be, be getting angry. People should be getting mm-hmm. angry about it. People should be doing what you guys are doing and fuck, fight it, you know? Even if it seems hopeless, dude, you know, it's like it's better to be engaged in that battle, right? Yep. That's why the recovery community is so important because we felt hopeless. We hopeless was my life and now it's not. So who better than the recovery community to show people where you could be one day and where you could be the next. All you got to do is get up and fight for it. Right. Mm. So, you know, like, uh, that's the importance of us, the recovery community, the addicts. And, you know, even, you know how much information I get from people that follow me or friends that are still using that I get firsthand information. Like we could go places law enforcement can't, we can find information law enforcement can't because there's a lot of us still living the life. We have to give them that opportunity to have purpose by even though you're still using and you're still getting high, you still have purpose. We still need you. Come in. They can give us information. That could be what saves somebody's life and it makes them stop using because now they're a part of something because I use drugs to be a part of something, right? So, you know, like everyone has a position. Everyone could help with this. I don't care what you did or what you're doing or what you're thinking of doing. Like we need you. Just get on board. You need to find out. Reach out to one of us that you see right now. But we need you. I'll, we'll find a way to use some everybody in this because we all have a voice at the end of the day. Right. And you just remind me of a great example. My friend Roz over in Philly. She, she's like putting Narcan kits and uh, gun locks in the hands of the fucking dealers, dude. They're yeah. handing out that shit with the dope, you know? Yeah. And Philly's wicked. Philly's wicked. (laughs) It's awesome. I mean, it, and it's sad to think that some people would frown on that. Like, you know, if you're trying to do good in the world, then why are you associating with these people? Well, because they're in the trenches. Mm -hmm. Everybody knows them. That's in the using community. That's why if I put Mm -hmm. if I give them five boxes of these Narcan kits, they're going to get it out in the streets of the hands of the people that are actually shooting the shit up in their vein. Yeah. Or taking that pill. One pill can kill. Yep. Man. Uh, you want to finish with anything, Andrea? Cause uh, I'm about well, to lose my yeah, voice. We're going into a new year <laughs> and I, you know, I encourage people just like Mike said, reach out to anybody that you can. Uh, legislators, your senators, your mayors, anybody in your community, because, you know, you can, there's so much change that you can make just in your small communities. And that's really what we're going. And this is our slogan for this year is be the change. And that comes from, from Mike on himself. Um, He was giving a, a speech somewhere. We did an event and he was talking about being the change and we've picked that up and we're taking that into this next year. So Please be the change with us and uh, let's finally do something in this year that's going to make an impact, a positive impact and save lives. Uh, reach out to anybody that you can. Amen. Yeah. I love yeah, you guys. So the, the, the be the change, I'll end with that. So where that came from was um, I no longer liked what was going on around me. I no longer liked what, how I felt or how I seen things. So I promised God that I would become the change that I want to see in this world. And when I became the change I wanted to see in this world, some things happened in my life. What happened was the world around me changed. So therefore I was able to actually change the world by just becoming the change I want to see in this world. So that's the, you know, where it comes from, uh, be the change. And we all have that opportunity. Just don't wait for things to happen. Make things happen for somebody. Do something for somebody. Hold the door open for somebody. Say hello to somebody. Say good morning to somebody. Say, tell someone they look good. Make somebody feel worthy 
or, you know, feel good about themselves, that person will spread it on. And just like fentanyl is a plague, we could plague in a better way, love across this country and knowledge mm. just by doing one person at a time because one life matters. Amen, brother. Mm. My God. Yep. 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 Love is <laughs> contagious, right? Smiles are contagious. Yes, they are, man. More muscle than your face to frown than to smile. So be lazy and smile. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> That's good shit, man. I love it. You guys have been amazing. Thank you so much for being here. And it's been awesome getting to know you guys on a personal level a little bit as well. Yeah. Okay. It was definitely a pleasure. And I'm glad we got to be your last guest of uh, 2022 with such an important and uh, much needed topic to speak mm -hmm. on. I really appreciate you guys for your platform and giving us the opportunity. Yeah. yeah, and I'd like to formally invite you to be on the Way Out podcast, please. Okay. Like sometime in the near future. My, yeah. I'm just letting you know right now, my schedule is pretty clear because we had such a huge backlog of fucking recordings that I kind of had to slow it way down. Okay. And, and give them. Do we time follow each up. other anywhere? But uh, do we follow each other anywhere? You and I. I don't know if you follow me at all, but I'm following you all over the place. I see you every <laughs> fucking where. So message message me on one of the platforms that you follow me, and Andre and I would love to be on your podcast, man. Awesome, brother. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank guys. you. Merry uh, Happy New Year. May 2023 bring much success and love in your family. Brad, congratulations mm. on the new family member, yeah. man. Thank yes. you. Thank you. All right, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome, Jason. Well, let's wrap this up, man. Yeah. Let's do that it. That was amazing. It was. So glad that they came on tonight. And what a way to end the year, man. What a great, what a great episode. I mean, tough topic, but I'm glad that we have that on there. And then, you know, if you're watching this now, I would say you can share this video with your friends, your family, whoever help spread awareness that way. And then, you know, here, here in about an hour or so, the audio version of this broadcast will be available. So you can find that on your podcast players. Look for this fancy little Recovery Revolution Live logo. Mm. Uh, if you guys are watching on YouTube, please be sure to subscribe to the channel. Turn on your notifications so you know when we go live. Which is, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna change what I what I normally say. I usually say every Thursday. But we've had a few Thursdays here and there recently where uh, things haven't quite gone the way we had planned. So almost every Thursday night, we're live on Facebook and YouTube talking about recovery. Uh, Jason, you have a podcast, don't you? Absolutely do. It's called The Way Out Podcast. We are 320 nine episodes i think yeah. now i'm not even sure uh but it's a lot and it's a it's a lot of personal powerful recovery stories and some topic episodes where we unwrap recovery power topics check it out and then also check out exclusively on spotify the way out playlist it's got that same logo and it's a curated list of everybody that's on our show and the picks of songs that symbolize recovery to them it's an awesome, uh, awesome playlist. So check nice. it out. Nice. And then I also do a solo show, and I'm I'm trying to remember what Charles called it. They call it morsels. Recovery morsels. Recovery morsels. I do uh, some shorter episodes, <laughs> usually like thirty to forty minutes. Same same concept though, talking recovery stories, all different kind of stuff. Like this past week, I had a lady on that's in long term recovery from uh, gambling, compulsive gambling addiction. Uh, just great having these conversations with people if that's something that you guys are interested in be sure to check that out wherever you get podcasts same goes for jason show the way out the recover revolution live i mean they're they're all on all your major platforms so be sure to check that out and we are so grateful that you guys joined us tonight and we will be back next week with another amazing guest or guests plural i think it's singular though next week but thank you guys for tuning in tonight and we will see y'all again Remember progress, not perfection. God bless y'all.